Well, good morning, man. It's so good to see all of you here this morning. I'm excited uh, about everything that we got going on today. Uh, so let me, let me set a scene for you. If you just kind of go here with me in your mind. It's a cloudless night. It is so clear that you can see and count every star in the sky. The moon is so bright, it's almost like daytime. You don't need a flashlight to even see where you're going. You're standing in a gazebo beside of a pond that is so still that it looks like the moon is both above and below you. And you're there with the love of your life. And it's the moment where you are going to ask her to be your wife and to spend forever with you. You've rehearsed your lines. You've got it all worked out. You're getting ready to go to, to a new Marine Corps duty station. And, and, and this is how you're gonna this is how you're gonna tell her. You're gonna say, you know, as I go to this new location, I don't want to go there and have a girlfriend back home. I want to go there and have a fiance back home because I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a perfect setting? That's exactly how I drew it up. So the night arrives. And I go to my girlfriend's house and I pick her up. Or I'm gonna, I want to pick her up and, and take her to this gazebo. And I get there and I said, hey, um, you know, I leave tomorrow for, for Cherry Point, and that's going to be my new place for the next several years. That's, that's where I'm going. But before I, before I leave, how about we, can we go down to the pond? Like just, just, a, you know, just a real short drive from, from her parents' house to, to this pond. And how, can we just go spend a little bit of time together, just the two of us, you know, before I leave tomorrow to, to go to Cherry Point? And she's like, yeah. She was still in college at the time. She's like, hey, Brian, I got assignments due tomorrow. Like, can we just like hang out here? Like, I got stuff I got to do. You can hang out with me while I, I complete my assignments, and then you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do that maybe when you come back when we can. It's like, nah, we should. Nah, nah, let's go tonight. Let's let's go now. <sighs> Fine. Still salvageable. She's in the car. Good to go. The plan is still afoot. So we, we arrive at the pond. We get out of the car. She's Brian, it's cold out here. Can't we just go back to the house? Like, it's, it's really, it's February. I mean, in all fairness, it's February. Like, can't we, can't we just go by? Like, it's super cold out here. Like, I don't want to be outside. It's cold. Let's just go back to the just Let's just spend a few minutes. Like, just a few minutes. Like, we'll just, just give me just a, just a little bit of time. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. So we get out of, the, out of the car, and we're walking to the gazebo, and it's next to a pond where, where geese spend a lot of their time, and there's a lot of uh, there's, uh, droppings, there's, there's goose feces present. Brian, I'm where, I, I, don't, I don't really want to get this. I don't want to get goose poop on my shoes, Brian. Like, I don't, I don't the, can, can we please just get in the car and go back? Like, this is not, like, this is not working out. Like, can we please just go back? Now I'm starting to get a little bit frustrated, but not too bad. I'm still good. Like I still, it's all, it's all going on. So the uh, solution is a piggyback ride because nothing says romantic like a piggyback ride. And so, so I've got my girlfriend on my back and I'm, I'm kind of 
I'm walking her uh, to the gazebo. We get to the steps of the gazebo, and you know, I kind of you know, get her into. All right, so now she's in the in the gazebo, and I'm in the gazebo, and and we're standing there. And she, Brian, this is oh, it's cold out here. Like, what are we even doing here? Like, I don't like. What are we doing? Can we please just go back? I got stuff to do. I got assignments to do tomorrow. Like, I got to get this stuff done. You got to leave in the morning. You got to get ready. Can we just go back to the house, please? And at this point. My fuse, which is not very long to begin with, has dwindled, and I'm frustrated. But I still don't want to leave without popping the question, because that's the whole reason that we went to the gazebo anyway. And so, so I'm kind of looking for the moment to interject and to start my spiel, right? And, I'm, and I want to tell her that, that I don't want to come back home to, to see a girlfriend anymore, that I want to come back home and visit with my fiancé. Like, that's what's supposed to come out. But I'm starting to get frustrated, and the words just don't come. Now, I'm like a professional talker now. This is what I do. I stand up and I talk. I've always been pretty good at talking. But in this moment, in my frustration, in my anxiety, because I'm already nervous because I'm getting ready to ask a girl to marry me, like, all this stuff is going on. I'm losing my mind. I'm a little bit frustrated. And so I start the spiel, but I just can't get it to to come out right. And so I think at one point in the conversation, I said, I don't want you to be my girlfriend anymore. <laughs> Which uh, elicits the exact kind of response that you assume. What are you talking? Are you breaking up with me? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to ask you to marry. It was the worst proposal ever. I totally botched it. I muddled the words. I got it all wrong. And the environment that was supposed to be perfect, and it was, it was beautiful outside, but it was 40 degrees, and there was goose poop and piggyback rides and muffled and muddled words. It was terrible. Because here's what happened. She was unaware of the significance of that moment. No fault of hers. It was a complete surprise to her. She had no idea why I was so desperate to go to the gazebo that night. But there was some significance lingering in this moment of which she was unaware. I mean, come on, this is every girl's dream, right? To get married one day, like the dream of the day, that that a guy would love them enough to buy them a ring and pop the question and ask them to spend forever with them. Like, this this is the moment. And she missed it. Of no fault of her own, but missed it nonetheless. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever, either through no fault of your own or maybe because of some small lack of awareness on your part, missed the significance of a moment only to realize later how important that moment was indeed? Has it ever happened to you? It's happened to me. Not only that on that occasion, but, but many others have I, have I seen an opportunity go by. Well, the same thing happened to Jesus' disciples. And their offense much more egregious, egregious than my dear wife. By the way, she said yes. It all worked out. We've been married for 17 years. I'd never change a thing in the world except maybe how I proposed. That's, the, about, about, that's about the only thing I would have done different in the whole process. But Jesus' disciples were also guilty of missing the significance of a moment. And I wanted to to show you, so if you have your Bibles, 
if you would, turn with me to Mark chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible with you today, we're going to have the words here for you on the screen behind me. They're also in version. if you want to follow along with us in the version app. But Mark chapter 9, we'll start with verses 30 through 32. And it says, They went out from there and passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples. So he's, he's trying to educate them on something. And this is what he said to them, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. They were afraid to ask Jesus. They were, they were confused that they didn't know what he was talking about, dying and being raised back three days later. They, they were totally confused, but, but too afraid to ask. But did you see what Jesus is trying to relate to them? Did you see what Jesus was trying to teach them? He's trying to share with them what we now know to be the gospel, the best news in all of human history, that Jesus would go to the cross on behalf of all mankind and bearing upon himself the weight of all sin for humanity, and that three days after his death on the cross, that Jesus would rise, that he would come back to life, proving that he has power and authority not only over sin but over death itself and he's trying to communicate this to these 12 men that I'm going to die and then I'm going to come back to life and they missed it they missed it Jesus is trying to share with them the most significant moment that is going to take place in all of human history And they missed it. Now, now, my wife, rightfully so, was distracted with college assignments, with terrible circumstances, and, and missed the significance of our moment. But what was it, I wonder, that caused Jesus' disciples to miss this moment? That's found for us in the very next verse. Let's, let's see. Let's see what had them so distracted in the moment that when Jesus says, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to come back to life. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Now they were talking about something else. And, and here's what it was. Verse 33. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, hey, what were y'all talking about on the way? What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is trying to impart to them the gospel. That I'm going to die and come back to life after three days. And they're like, hmm, okay. But what we really want to talk about is which one of us is the best? Which one of us is the most awesome? Which one of us is better than everybody else in our little circle of friends here? Which one of us is the greatest? That's what's important right now. They missed it. And, and I love that they didn't want to tell Jesus that they were going to keep silent, right? Like hiding secrets from Jesus. Y'all know how well that works out for us, right? And he knows everything and all things and all times and all places. Like that, that Jesus, and they're keeping secrets. But Jesus 
being a good teacher, decides to, to settle their argument for them. Okay, that's fine. Like, y'all missed the gospel, but if you want to know who the greatest is, let me tell you who the greatest among you is. Mark chapter 9, verse 35. And he sat down and he called the 12. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, you want to be the first, you want to be the best, you want to be the greatest. If, and said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. You want to be great, be last. You want to be great, you got to serve those who are around you. Now, just like you and I, and most importantly, um, just like our children, you know how when you tell them that thing the very first time and they just get it and you don't ever have to explain it again and you don't have to tell them, you know, you only have to tell your kids something one time and they just remember it forever. Y'all know how that works? Right? You know how it works for them? You know how it works for you? Like somebody tells you something one time and you don't ever have to receive any additional instruction. Like, oh, that's it. I got it. I'll do this perfectly forever from now on. Right? Y'all know how that works, right? Yeah, not very well in my house either. Right? So, so Jesus just tells them, hey, if you want to know how to be great, you got to be first. You want to know how to be great, you got to serve. One chapter later, <laughs> Mark chapter 10, they're having the same discussion. Jesus again starts it off. Hey, I, I'm going to be deli- and in, in more detail in Mark chapter 10 than even in chapter 9. I'm going to be handed over to the religious leaders, and they are going to hand me over into the hands of the Gentiles. They are going to, to, to put me on trial, and I am going to lose my life, and then three days later, I'm going to get it back. And they're having a, a conversation among themselves once again about which of them is the greatest. And then James and John, they were brothers. They take it a step further. They kind of corner Jesus. And they're like, hey, Jesus, when you finish up with this whole like dying and coming back to life thing, um, when you finish up with that and you're going to establish your new kingdom on earth, we have a favor that we'd like to ask of you. But we, we don't want you, we don't want to tell you what it is before we ask you. We want you to say, y'all ever do this with your parents or ever have your kids do this with you? We want you to say yes before we ask you. Anybody else? Anybody? All right, good, just my kids. All right, so... Um, we want you to agree to something, and then we'll tell you what it is. And then Jesus says, uh, all right, go ahead. Make your, he doesn't agree to do it, but he says, yeah, why don't you just go ahead and tell me what you want. And they're like, hey, Jesus, when you get this new kingdom set up, and you're on your throne, and you're ruling everything, and you're in charge of everything, and everybody else is bowing down to you, we want to be your number two and your number three. Would you grant us this request that one of us would sit on your right hand and the other on your left? Like, can you just make us number two and number three in the kingdom when you get it all set up? Now, James and John, maybe not the smartest guys uh, ever because they had this conversation with Jesus in earshot of the other ten. So, so they've got Jesus cornered and they're asking him to make them the best in his kingdom when he gets it set up. But they do so in earshot of everybody else that they would then be excluding. So if you, can't, if you can just imagine... The other disciples don't much care for the conversation that's going on right now, and they get upset. Mark chapter 10, verses 41 through 45. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him, and he said to them, You know, those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. 
and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So there's your answer. Yet again, in back-to-back chapters, in response to the same kind of conversation, if you want to be great, you've got to be a servant. You see, for each and every one of us, we're going to encounter many moments in our life. And locked inside of those moments is a tremendous amount of potential for significance and meaning and purpose. And if we're not intentional, and if our antenna are not up, and if we're not constantly looking for those opportunities to come along, then we, like the disciples, might miss the significance of a moment. You see, we have a choice to make. In an instant, we can choose significance. But if we're not choosing to be intentional with how we live our lives, then we, we run the risk of missing it. And the key... Jesus said, the key to unlocking the significance, the key to being great, the key to to fulfilling a purpose and, and, and exceeding and excelling and being the best and being the first and being the greatest, the key to all of that, the key that unlocks that is our willingness to serve others. We learned together last week that, that the three tenets that we build everything that we do and, and think and say at Fusion City Church is that we love God, that we love people, and that we serve the world. And the reason that we do that is because that's what Jesus said was the, most, the two most important things, that we have to love God and we have to love people. And then we realize that you can't do either of those things well unless you are consistently and constantly finding and looking for opportunities and ways to serve because serving unlocks your significance. If you're looking for something to write down today, this is what you're going to want to write down. Serving unlocks your significance. In the Bible, Paul told us to, to follow him as he followed Christ. The very definition of what it means to be a Christian is to be a one who follows after Christ. And then we looked at a verse last week in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that said that for those of us who love God, that we are being conformed to the image of his son. That that is what it means to be a Christ follower, is that we are continually and consistently being made more and more and more into the likeness of Jesus. That is the, the model for us to follow. And what did Jesus say was his purpose for coming to earth was not to be served, but to serve. That the greatest amount of significance that we can find in this life is when we are serving other people. Because when we serve others, we are never more like Jesus than when we are serving other people. Because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And I'm telling you that for a lot of you this morning, the door that stands locked between you and your feeling of purpose And significance is your willingness to serve. 
Because serving is what unlocks our significance. Jesus said in, in John chapter 10, verse 10, that our enemy, he comes to, to kill and to steal and destroy. And Jesus said, but, but I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And then Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that to him, talking about Jesus, who is able to do far more exceedingly than we could ever ask or imagine. And when you put those two thoughts together, that Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And then Paul says, not only is Jesus able to give us life abundant, but he's able to give us a life that is more abundant than we can even wrap our minds around. And I meet so many Christians that are living a life so far below any semblance of abundance. Now, let me be clear. Abundance doesn't mean health and wealth. It doesn't mean that you'll get all the money that you want and that you'll be healthy forever and ever and ever. That's, that's never a promise in Scripture. The promise of Scripture in those situations is that God will be with us in all situations. But when Jesus talks about the abundant life, he's talking about one of fulfillment, one of understanding that you have a purpose that you are now fulfilling through your relationship with Jesus. That that is the promise, that we will never feel like we have gone without when we are fulfilling the purpose for which we were created. And from where I stand and from what I understand from Scripture, there are only two things that unlock the door for us to, to our feeling that abundance, that significant significance, and, and that feeling of accomplishing the purpose that we were created to accomplish. And those two things are our generosity and service. And we talk occasionally about how generosity unlocks things in us that nothing else can unlock. Our serving is the same way the two are related. When you have a heart for other people, your generosity and your willingness to serve are connected that you have a heart for people. And in your heart for people, you can't help but to want to serve them. And you can't help but to want to be generous. This is why we made one of the core tenets of who we are as a church. That we are going to serve the world. So this morning, if you feel as though there are marks of unfulfillment in your life. If you wake up in the morning and you feel more like you're existing than living. If you feel like it's just another day of the same grind, at the same job that you don't like, with the same kids that sometimes get on your nerves, and the same spouse that you just can't seem to get along with. If there are any marks of unfulfillment, if you dread going to school, if you're frustrated with your parents, if you're worried about the project you have due, if, if, if everything in your life just seems to be pulling you away from purpose and meaning, then the truth for you may be that there is a door locked standing between you and your feeling of meaning and fulfillment and purpose. And the key that unlocks that door is your willingness to serve, your heart for serving other people. Now, 
if that's true for any of us in the room, then, then I want to give you um, I want to give you two tips, two ways to help you unlock the significance in your life by serving. I want to, I want to give you two places to start. Number one, tip number one: the church is a training ground for serving. I believe that it is one of the purposes of the church that we are to provide opportunity for us to practice the things that help us fulfill the call on our life to follow after Christ. So here at the church on Sunday mornings and some opportunities during the week, we have opportunities for you to serve. And listen to me, that is not so that we can get something out of you. But because we truly believe that, that serving unlocks your significance. And if serving is going to unlock your significance, then we want to give you opportunities to serve so that your significance can be unlocked. We believe that, that the church is a great place to practice those things, to start those things, to develop a routine and, and a practice of serving here in the church. And so we got a lot of areas here that you can get involved in. You can serve on our connections team, saying hello to people, fixing coffee, you can, work on, you can serve with us on the crew. You can come and help us set up in the mornings. You can serve in our production area, back behind the table back there. We can teach you how to, how to run media on a computer or how to run sound or how to operate a lighting system. We, we have opportunities there for you. If you're not currently serving and you want to unlock your significance, maybe the church is the place to start. If you can play an instrument or can sing, we'll let you audition. We're not promising you anything, but we'll let you, we'll let you try because <laughs> we're, pretty, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty careful who we put up here. But there are opportunities here in the church, our children's area. Come on, y'all. That, that is the next generation. If you want to leave a legacy of significance, what better place to invest your time and energy than pour it into those that are going to run this church long after the rest of us are gone? There's a great opportunity for you to, to start right here at the church serving and potentially unlocking the significance and the purpose and the calling that has for so long been absent in your life. We don't want anything from you. We want something for you. And signing up to be on one of our, our volunteer teams here, what that, what that does is it creates a level of accountability for you. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes just the motivation of maybe unlocking my significance doesn't carry me as far as I'd like for it to. And I need a little bit of accountability. I need, I need some people who I feel like are counting on me and depending on me to be there to give me that little extra kick of motivation to actually show up. It's kind of like dieting and working out. Like I start off, the motivation to be skinny is strong at the beginning. But about three weeks in when I don't feel like getting up at 530 and when I don't have anybody else that's waiting on me and thinks I'm going to be there, I kind of give up. When I'm the only one in my house or, or, or my wife is the only one in our house dieting, it's really easy for us to give up because when I'm eating salad, that bacon cheeseburger looks pretty dang good. And, and I'm prone to give up. You know what? I'll have one of them burgers too. But, but when you're doing things with someone else, man, it gives you just that little bit of extra motivation to want to stay the course. So signing up to be on one of our teams here is going to provide you a level of accountability that's going to help you to show up and to serve and thereby potentially unlocking the significance that's been missing in your life. Our, our connect groups, every single session of our connect groups, we ask every group to participate in a community service event. Here's why we do that. 
One, so that our community is served by our church. We want to make that a pinnacle of who we are because we believe that God has called our church to serve the world. So we want all of our groups serving. But here's the great thing about being in community with other believers. I am very seldom inspired enough to sign up for one of the Facebook requests that I see. Hey, the YMCA needs some help doing fill in the blank. Or, or, or my kids' school needs a couple of volunteers to help them participate and fulfill this event. I don't feel a lot of motivation to just go and show up to those things. But when my, myself and my connect group decide, hey, this is an event that all of us can do together, well, now I feel a little bit of motivation to go and hang out with my connect group. I love my connect group. And this is an opportunity for us to not only hang out together, but to do some good in the world. And, man, that just that fires me up. It gives me that level of accountability and just that little bit of extra motivation that I need to actually want to show up. And thereby, I, I create potential for me to unlock the significance of those moments. Because when we serve... When we help others, we're, we're, we're being intentional about trying to find the significance of a moment. Not only do we want to create opportunities for you to serve here with the church on Sunday mornings, but we have a fantastic partnership that allows us to serve children in the Dominican Republic through our partnership with Compassion International. And I wanted to talk for just a few minutes about that, that partnership because a couple of years ago, and then again last year, we had a Compassion Sunday here at Fusion City Church where we presented you with an opportunity to serve a child, to, to sponsor them and thereby giving them an opportunity to have a better life. So uh, we've got some, some pictures here rolling because just a couple of weeks ago, 12 of us took a trip to the Dominican Republic where we had an opportunity to see, to touch, to feel, to taste, to, to live out and experience the significance of that moment where we made a decision a couple of years ago to sponsor a kid. And what I found out while we were in the Dominican Republic is that that significance feels really, really, really good when it comes to the hug of a kid. That I, would have never, that I would have not otherwise known or had an opportunity to serve if I and my family and many of you and your families not taken advantage of the moment that was set before us a couple of years ago when we were challenged and asked to sponsor children in the Dominican Republic. So the hugs that you'll see, those are, man, those are, those are real hugs. And those are reminders that, that that decision a couple of years ago to, spot, to start sponsoring a child for $38 a month, that it wasn't just a $38 a month bill that we were going to start paying or this commitment that we just uh, begrudgingly agreed to. But there was some significance locked inside of that moment last year. And, and you, along with my family, we sponsored 90-something children in the Dominican Republic through Compassion International, and almost 70 of those still have their sponsors. And so we're, we're, we're doing a great work there in the DR because so many of us took advantage of the opportunity to be intentional with our serving and choosing the significance of that moment. So today we want to give you the opportunity to, to do that as well. So um, 
after the service and after baptism. Uh, we're going to have uh, Maria, who actually went on our trip. Maria is going to be at the hub with a computer. And if you would like to sponsor a child at the, in the Dominican Republic today so that maybe the next time we go on one of these amazing trips, that you get to meet a kid like that. And you get to experience some of the things that we experience. We're going to give you an opportunity. There, there's an opportunity for you today to serve a child, in, a child in the Dominican Republic. And if you're not confident that you could go to the Compassion International website and, and figure that out for yourself, we've got somebody that's going to be at the hub immediately following baptism today that can help you sponsor a child. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, that act of service, the significance of that moment will unlock the thing in you that has previously been locked and kept you from feeling like you were leading the life that you were called to live. We want to present you with every opportunity that we can to live out the call on our lives, to serve the world. You can do it locally here at the church. You can do that through our partnership with Compassion International. There are lots of opportunities that we try to create for you as often as we can. You can do that in our connect groups. Because the church is a training ground for service. This is the place where we want to we equip you. We want to help you serve because we want you to experience the significance of every possible moment. Tip number two. When you don't know what to do, look in front of you. I believe that God places opportunities for us every single day to serve people, whether it be the waitress at the restaurant that you're going to eat lunch at today. I believe that it's going to start in your home. What better place to start with your serving than to serve your spouse, serve your kids, serve your parents, serve your siblings. Do those things. Look for the opportunities to serve because serving unlocks your significance. And there are opportunities every day for you to serve your family and to serve those outside of the walls of your home. But we have to be intentional for looking, the, uh, looking for those moments. So when you don't know what to do, look at what's in front of you. And today, what's in front of you is a loud dude with a microphone telling you that you need to serve. And you can do that here at the church. You can do that through Compassion International. You can do that in your families. You can do that with the people you work with. You can do that with complete strangers that you meet on the street. But whatever you do, and don't let another moment pass you by where you have an opportunity to serve that you don't take full advantage of it. Because Jesus said, if you want to be great, you want to be first, you want to feel significant, you want to feel like you're important, do what I did, Jesus said. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Now, if you'd like an opportunity to serve with us today, here's what you can do. On your connection card, there's a place at the bottom that just says, there's just a blank line down there. If you would like to be involved in one of the volunteer teams here at the church, just write in there, I'd like to volunteer, and we'll get you in contact with the right person. Give us a little bit of information about yourself on the front. If you're interested in sponsoring a child in the Dominican Republic, I hope that in a year or so, maybe the year after next or so, that we'll take another trip to the DR and you can go and meet your sponsored kid and realize the significant amount of impact that you've made on their life by taking advantage of the opportunity that was set before you, not just today, but every day. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. I want to beg of God that today he would, can, he would reveal to us an opportunity to serve, whether that be in our families or outside. Would you pray with me? Father, 
This morning, it's my hope that each of us, God, would no longer be distracted by all of the things that we have going on, but that, Father, we would find moments of clarity throughout our day, that we would be able to discern those moments as opportunities to serve others. And, God, I believe that when we live our lives with that level of awareness, that, Father, we have a tremendous opportunity to find the significance in those moments giving us the fulfillment and therefore the abundant life that you said you came to give us. So, Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts, that we might not let another moment pass us by where we have an opportunity to serve and thereby missing the significance of those moments. Father, we thank you that we have your word and recorded within it is the story of your son Jesus, his life here on earth, his death on the cross as a payment for our sins, and his resurrection. And Father, for all of us that have placed our trust in him, God, that is the most significant moment of our lives. And God, if there is one here this morning who has yet to lay hold to the significance of the gospel, Father, I pray that this would be the moment that doesn't pass them by that the significance of this moment, God, is not in serving anyone else, but God submitting their life to you. Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for the hope and the peace and the promise that we have through him. It's in his name we pray. Amen.